0: This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress. The catalogue for the 2020 Classic yearling sale is now available. In total, 808 yearlings have been cataloged over 3 days, 613 in Book 1, 195 in the highway session. Book 1 will take place on Sunday, February the 9th. Monday the 10th and the morning of the 11th with the highway session beginning as soon as book one is completed. The classic sale has produced eight group one winners since 2018, including four group one winning two-year-olds or three-year-olds in Sydney and Melbourne. Of the 808 lots catalogued, 734 are Bob's eligible. To request a catalogue, email catalogue at or call 9399 7999. Catalogues are also available for the English Premier Sale in Melbourne, March the 1st to March the 3rd. The 2020 English Yealing Sale Round is about to begin. My special guest is Neville Beck. It's well documented that the best horse you ever trained was this big, strong, grey girl called Emancipation. She won 19 from 28, six Group 1s, six Group 2s, one Group 3 and two listed wins. Her finest moment, Nev, I'm sure you'll agree, was in the 1983 Doncaster as a three-year-old filly. John, yes, she was a
1: great race mare. When she first came to me, she... uh had come out of a, a paddock at Dubbo, actually, and uh, the great uh, Judge Les Young had uh, leased it for Mr Bob Lapointe and his, and his friends, mm. and uh, when she first came to the stable, she was sort of a grey, she was half chestnut, and we did a little bit with her, and we could see she needed a bit of time, so we uh, we turned her out, mm. and um, when she came back, she was, a you know, quite a handful of a filly uh, to to, uh, to train my son Graham looked after her all his life all, all her racing career mm. and uh, she eventually ran on the first start on uh, Bank Holiday Day I think uh, in the in the new season which she won and then she won four or five or something on in a trot and we eventually we took her to Melbourne and um, I had her in the Edward Manifold Stakes which is bit of a task first first preparation, and at the time uh, we had a very good horse called Dalmatia running Mm. in the Epsom on the same day. So Ron Quinton, who rode her in every start she had bar this one, Mm. I sent my apprentice Kevin Moses down to ride her, Mm -hmm. and she won the Edward Manifold, and Ronnie won the Epsom on Dalmatia, so we had a good day.
0: Mm, You certainly did. You know, at the height of Sunline's fame – Many people offered opinions as to the merits of these two great mayors in different eras, Emancipation and Sunline. Could Mildred, as you called her, have beaten Sunline?
1: Well, John, I think she'd have been competitive right up to, um, well, a certain distance up to my any in rates, you know. Right? I'd, mm. she, um, she was uh, could sit on the pace. She had good speed herself, but she could sit off... Off the pace a bit and finish on very, had a good turn of foot, mm. as I say. Um, and she, she'd have been competitive with any of the better me as a belt.
0: Including Winks?
1: Oh, look, Winks was a bit of, oh, I would say, one pace. She didn't did have a great turn of foot, but she just kept on running. Mm. As I said, uh, she had been sitting on her and sh- might have outspended her to finish up to, up to, you know, 1400 or 1600, you know. Mm. But yeah. uh, she'd
0: have been competitive with any of them, I think. Dalmacia, you've mentioned him already. He raced 24 times. He won nine with four placings. He won an Epsom and a Group 1 Rawson Stakes. He won a couple of Group 2s and a listed. And uh, he won the Epsom the day emancipation, won the Edward Manifold in Melbourne. You couldn't get Ronnie Quinton off Dalmacia that day.
2: Well, he, he always...
1: Showed so a lot of promise he He won early in the year he he'd won the uh, new year's gift, which is a good race at oframbik you know and uh, and he com- went on from uh, there and i he was a very good horse uh, an unusual looking horse he, his horse john he had two horns on his head i've never mm. seen it before or after he, he had these horns on the, on his head good. <laughs> I so tri them and uh how I come about him, I was just um, uh, going in to the saddle that horse in Brisbane at the time, and the gentleman put his head over the fence. He said, are "You are you, are you big like that?" And I said, "Yes, I am." And uh, uh, he said, "I have horse for you." So I, I I sort of didn't take much creed of it, you know. And then he mm. said, oh, "I have Sir Tristram Colton My ears pricked up, and <laughs> so that's what become about him, you know. And, <laughs> and a gentleman called Jack Lustica. um mm. he, he was a great man and. Uh, uh, we, we had a good relationship, and the horse uh, never looked back. He he did really well. He won a Shannon Handicap. He won an Epsom, you know, and Sakes, as you said. And mm. He's a very good racehorse. Eventually, he went to stud. Wasn't quite that successful at stud, you know.
0: Mm. But normal. So when that bloke yelled over the fence, <laughs> had he said the horse was by blog's wallop, it could have been a different result. But Sir, <laughs> Sir, Sir Tristram were the know? key words. <laughs>
1: Uh, a great gentleman called Eric Kerwin, a good trainer in Brisbane. Um, he had picked him out as a yearling, so Eric was an outstanding judge of horses. Um, he did me two good turns of my life. Um, he brought a horse down from uh, Brisbane to stay with Mr. McCartan and uh, with a boy called Merv Singh Ho, and they took the horse to row, only one. And, uh and, you know, before they went back, Eric Kuhl and gave me ten pound mm. to buy the boys a drink. Well, we had about twenty five staff at that time. And I said, "Well, <laughs> this is not going to go very far." So <laughs> I, I bought I bought ten quid worth of lottery tickets, and it was just not long before Christmas. And uh, we we was lucky enough to win second prize in the lottery, which was two thousand quid. So, good so, heavens! <laughs> well, it, it did me two two good turns in life, Eric. So,
0: <laughs> so what year are we talking about, Neville? Oh, gee. 50s?
1: have would have been in the uh, uh, late 50s or something like that, you know, late 50s, early
0: 60s, I'd say, you know. So 25 kids at McCartan Stables chopped up 2,000 (laughs) pounds. That's right. (laughs) That is good business. Now, your 1980 Golden Slipper win with Dark Eclipse was a pleasant surprise. You also had Fiancé in the race. She was favourite, and Quentin elected to ride her. Yeah, Dark well, Eclipse jumped out of the ground in the two weeks leading up to that race, didn't she? Yes,
1: yeah, she did. Well, Fiancé had won the Silver Slipper, John, mm. and uh, the gym crack, gym crack, and the Silver Slipper, and she looked pretty, pretty promising. And uh, Mister and Missus Tate owned her, and uh, who had taken over the horses from Phil Lotto after when he retired, mm. and. Uh, she she she's a beautiful filly, fiancé, you know, and uh, for some reason or other she wasn't quite as good in the autumn as she was in in the spring because Mm. she came back in the spring and won the flight stakes. And um, Dark Eclipse uh, had sort of been in the background a little bit, uh, but she'd come out and she won a magic night the the week before the slipper, you know, and I thought, oh, you know, she's got her on the slipper. So Kevin Moser wrote her... Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin was a, a pretty confident sort of boy, you know, and he just sort of sat first to midfield on her mm-hmm. and um, come up with a late run and won comfortably, you know. She was mm-hmm. she owned by a, a gentleman who unfortunately had passed away just prior to that, of course, Mr. Murray Bain. Mm-hmm. Murray Bain was the uh, outstanding vet in the Scone area and it was left to his wife and his daughters to... Uh, could collect a trophy, you know. So unfortunately, Murray didn't live to live to see the the fruits of his labour, you know. Breeding her. Mm.
0: it was a very emphatic win, Nev. I, I watched the replay again only recently. I mean, she absolutely thrashed him.
1: Yes, she did. She came with a very very strong run at the finish and uh, and uh, was quite dominant on that day. Um, she never quite gained any any further great heights. Uh, mm. But she, you know, she's a great, great little filly. You know?
0: Kevin Moses finished up winning three Sydney Jockeys Premierships and he was a highly regarded jockey in Sydney for many years.
1: Ke- Kevin started off his apprenticeship with me. I don't think he'd ever been on the horse before he came to me and he,
2: uh, uh, we
1: had a, a good relationship and then we still have and and, and uh, Kevin's wife, um met now? She worked for me as a track rider, Jenny. And she was, yeah, yeah, Jenny. Mm. <laughs> she was a great, great girl, and she still is. We're very good friends. And uh, Kevin uh, had a couple of very big wins for me. Uh, apart from winning on Emancipation, Ed Manifold he won the he, he won the slipper, and he won the Sydney Cup on a mayor called Palace Revolt for me. You know, which was run on. Uh, Probably the heaviest track i have ever run a horse on, you know. But,
0: uh, yeah, Neb, they went around the outside fence in that Sydney Cup.
1: Well, most of Phil did, but Dallas Revolt and another New Zealand horse went around the inside fence.
0: Yes, yeah. She was a swimmer, wasn't she?
1: <laughs> and she, uh, she, she could handle the mud. She won very easily, you
0: know, won by a big space. Yeah. Your association with Ron Quinton was one of the most enduring in Sydney racing history. You were together for 20 years. You both had a great work ethic, you communicated well and you got on very well together. Ronnie won eight premierships and he's the first to admit that he couldn't have achieved that without your support. Well,
1: we we got on very, very well, Ron and I, you know, and we still do, you know, and uh, it was an outstanding rider. Right? When he finished his apprenticeship and he decided if he was going to sort of reached better heights, he'd he, he done very well as an apprentice and, uh, and uh, he decided to come to Rambwick and see how Green had moved from Rose to Rambwick also, which made it easier for him and, uh, and Ron did very, very well for me, lot, you know, apart from a big race, he wrote lots and lots of winners for me, you know. Uh, we used to even fly to Newcastle on the Tuesday. They used to have Tuesday meetings in those days, and we'd fly up to Newcastle and, and go there. And I'll never forget one day um, we had a couple of runners at Geelong, and uh, Ron and I, we flew to Melbourne. Graham met us at Tullamarine with a helicopter. We got the helicopter to Geelong. Both our runners won, and we basically, Back on the helicopter, and we're back in Sydney by, by about seven o'clock. So we had a we had a eventful day, day, you know.
0: Mm. November rain was a great staying filly.
1: Oh, she was just an outstanding staying filly. She'd had a, a two two or three runners before she came to me. Uh, she, they'd been training her up at uh, the farm up at Muskoka, um, and um, I got her and she. I think she won a, a, a 1900 at Canterbury or something like that. Mm-hmm. A 1900 meter maiden at Canterbury. So we decided to go to Melbourne, and and she was got into the for on the limit, you know, because she hadn't won a certain amount of prize money, and she won that. Mm-hmm. And then we backed up, and she won the Oaks, AJC Oaks, and then we rested her. Uh, but when she came back, she was had a peculiar problem. She went dry coated. Yeah. She couldn't sweat it, and um, she used to sort of pant like a dog a bit, you know, and mm. then I thought, oh, she's finished, you know, she won't do any good, and about 10 days before the AJC Oaks, it turned quite cold, mm. and she picked up, and she brightened up, and anyway, she won the AJC Oaks, mm. um, and I, I backed up my run in the ledger, mm. and she won the ledger,
2: Yeah. I
1: I think just a dash finished behind her. Who's a subsequent Melbourne Cup winner? Mm. Um, then we took her to Queensland. and she won the Queensland Oaks. And then I ran her in the derby, which I probably shouldn't have done. But she, I think she ran third in the derby. But uh, she was red staying there. And then I, I said to Mr. Point, you know, look, she's got this problem. She can't sweat. You know, she's going to be um, under pressure all the time in training and that. So we retired her there and then and uh, didn't become a great broodmare, but she did, she did sire a few winners, uh, throw a few winners, you know, and is, is now sort of the granddam of a few winners also, you know.
0: Mm. You were very sorry to lose a little horse called Veloso when he had an ownership change in the early 1980s. Now, you had him for 12 starts. You won a Fernhill Handicap and a Spring Champion Stakes, and you were placed with him in the gloaming the Champagne, the Caulfield Guineas, the Caulfield Cup and the Victoria Derby, and then he went to Melbourne Barnes.
1: That's right. Well, Mr. Mr. they owned him and they decided they, uh, to sell him for some reason or other. Uh, he, 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 was, he was a very good horse, an outstanding little horse. You know, He won the Champion Stakes, so as you say, got narrowly beaten in the Caulfield Guineas. But I, I admit, I think I made a mistake at the time I probably should have run him in in the uh, Cox Plate. Mm. Instead, I decided that the, I, in my mind I thought he needed to run over uh, a longer distance. So I run him in the Caulfield Cup, which he run third in, and then he uh, he run third in the VRC Derby, and then they they decided to sell him. So uh, uh, Mr Singleton bought him and uh, and gave him Mel Barnes. you know. Mm. And then he turned around. He, he did win the Sydney Cup and then one of McKinnon's stakes
0: later on. He's a very good horse, you know. Mm. Well, here's one for the old-timers. Nev, we're going back to the early 1970s. You trained a grey filly called Sufficient. Now, the first time you clapped eyes on her, you were horrified. She looked like Charlie (laughs) Chaplin with the feet pointing outwards, but when she galloped, it was a different story. Yes, uh,
1: Sufficient is owned by a gentleman called Mr Gordon Reid, who managed a country property called Gunagunu, mm-hmm. Uh and she was raised up there, and a good old horseman had, had broken her in and that, and she came down, but when you looked at this in front of her, John, she stood, she stood like Charlie Chaplin. She had <laughs> one foot going one way, one, the other one going the <laughs> other way, you know, and I thought, like, yeah. gee, look at this, you know. Mm-hmm. At any rate, cut a long story short, she, uh, she came along, but the minute she put a foot on the track, the mm-hmm. way she went, she was, she was a beautiful mover, and uh, she won the Jim crack stakes. Um, she won second in the slip of the heart's hill. Mm. Um, and also, then she went on, she won the Corfield Thousand Guineas, she won the AJC Oaks. So, a, a prolific winner, you know. She's all distance, a sprint, mile and a half, you know.
2: Very,
0: very good filly, you know. Mm. I seem to remember a gigantic rap on another filly you trained, probably a bit later than sufficient, by the name of Carpalaran. Was she as good as they all said?
1: Oh, John, uh, you know, she was the, the opposite, the sufficient. It was a bit of a plain Jane. Mm. Carpill was a queen, you know. She, looked, she stood out. She just a beautiful-looking filly, you know. Mm. Mr Quango had bought her at the, at the sale. She'd buy showdown, mm. um, and uh, she was just a beautiful filly, you know. She uh, she won quite a number of races. I think she won it far lap, the, the gloaming... Uh, got beat in this camp in and forth and that. I then won a thousand guineas. Uh, got, beat, got beat half her head in the wake uh, form and then on a place in the Oaks, you know. Mm. She was a very good filly, but unfortunately, finish up, she bowed a tendon and she went to stud and unfortunately died foaling, foaling, you know. So mm. we lost a beautiful meat, you know.
0: You won another VRC Oaks with a filly called Sandy's Pleasure written by a very young jimmy cassidy
1: yes no sandy's pleasure's come out the blue she did a little bit like november rain she'd won a a little race uh in town on the wednesday in sydney and uh any rate uh, we decided to take her to melbourne and she ran in the wakeful and, she, and jimmy rode her and uh she jumped at me She led Led by big margin She really went hard And fast And faded Faded at the finish And At mm. any rate um, I said to Jim I said Jim I was going to Run this fella in the oaks You know I couldn't run on that He said Oh don't worry She'll do better in the oaks all <laughs> right, And I'll ride her So I said okay <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: a good judge
1: At <laughs> any rate She ran run in the oaks And she sat in behind him Of course Come along on one You know
0: so. mm. Judy Ann was another nice filly you had to win a flight stakes and a WA Oaks, and in keeping with your reputation as a filly trainer, I think you told me this yourself, you won the Oaks 11 times in three states, New South Wales, Victoria and WA, 11 Oaks. John, I was fortunate enough to have the pithies to do it. You know, we won, we
1: won the... The Queensland Oaks four times, mm. um, so we were lucky enough to do that, you know. And uh, uh, I think we won the the Western Australian Oaks twice. Um, I'd won the Wake I'd won the Stakes four times, yeah. and of those, um, only only one of mine had won the Oaks. That was November Rain, mm. uh, but. Uh, all the others have run very well every time. And I, I run second in the wakefall three times, and each time I won, I got beaten. The horse had beaten me, won the Oaks. So yeah. it's probably the best guide of any, any race in Australia, uh, the wakefall Stakes to the Oaks. You know, the ones that run well on the Wakefall win it or run in place mm-hmm. They tell me win the Oaks.
0: Yeah, and they've got five days, Nev, to get over it. I think that's, that's, not, that's the difference, but, isn't it? It's not two days, it's five.
1: Five days, yeah. generally back up very well.
0: The Time Honoured Group 3 Summer Cup will highlight the Australian Turf Club's Boxing Day program at Royal Randwick. Run over 2,000 metres nowadays, the Cup, first run in 1890, will carry $160,000 in prize money. The Gosford Race Club will cater for Central Coast holidaymakers on Friday, December the 27th, with a top program highlighted by the $170,000 Group 3, Bell of the Turf, the listed Gosford Guineas and the Summer Provincial Series Final, both worth $150,000. Jumping ahead to Saturday, January the 11th and the listed $150,000 January Cup will head up the Randwick program. And a fortnight after that, the listed Carrington Stakes will carry a purse of $150,000. top class thoroughbred action continues at Royal Randwick and Gosford over Christmas New Year. Another lovely mare you trained was heat of the moment for the late Ross Cribb, who around that time was the chairman of the New South Wales TAB and uh, one of the nicest blokes it was my pleasure to meet in racing. She was by Blazing Saddles, Nev She won two Group 1s, a Chipping Norton and a George Ryder.
1: John, I regarded Mr. Cribb as, as not only a, a, an owner, as a very good friend. Mm. He was very, very kind to me um, throughout my training. I trained a couple of good fillies for him, a called Arcassier, who I also won the, uh, the Wakeful. Mm. Um, he, at the moment, was a little filly that you wouldn't take too... Looks at her as you saw her at the sale, say, mm. uh, but she was a, uh, just a plain little thing and not very big, only small filly. Sat uh, out looking over the stable door, you know. But she, mm. uh, she, she always showed she could gallop a bit, you know. She, uh, she eventually. Uh, 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 Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy also rode her in the, in the thousand guineas. Mm. She, we, we took her to Melbourne. She won the won the thousand guineas come from nowhere and run second. Mm. Jimmy said, Oh, gee, I didn't didn't know you thought this thing could gallop her that well. I said, No, she might <laughs> 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 have won otherwise, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, then we run into the wakeful and she won the wakeful also and uh, mm. eventually she, she won the rider, she won the rider stakes and amongst other races. And uh, she was just a top passer over me, you know. Mm. And then I think she might have run a place uh it is in the Doncaster. I
0: yes, think I think don- she did. Yeah,
1: she ran the place in
0: Doncaster, yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the one that got away, Neville. Bess Weston. Y- you were the trainer when he won his first couple of races. You certainly knew how good he was. Suddenly, he was sold, and the new owners sent him to Bart. He won another five, the Spring Treble, the Peter Pan Gloaming and Spring Champion stakes amongst them.
1: Yeah, John, he, he was a very very promising colt. He won his first two starts pretty comfortably. Um, it was quite wet at that time, and I wanted to run him in a slipper, you know, which he loved the wet, you know. And uh, and uh, they decided to sell the horse beforehand. Of course, he eventually didn't run in the slipper, and uh, and and Bart got him, and he he did very very well well with him. Um, yeah, he uh, he was a very good horse. Um, so there was a couple that we lost, and uh, I had another good horse, too. I, I picked him out in New, in New Zealand, and I got Harry Lawton to buy him, mm. horse called Bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, won well, his first two starts for me in Sydney, um, looked very promising. and But because we bought him in New Zealand, he's Zealand's off the Magic Million, yep. we took him New, back to New Zealand for the Magic Million, and unfortunately, he got a stained version, couldn't run. Mm. And uh, but you'll, you'll be surprised tell there who took him over for me. He was my uh, my strap at the time, Johnny Murta, who who, who was a cha- champion jockey mm. and now a champion trainer in Ireland. You know, so Johnny took him over for me. We unfortunately couldn't run the horse. And when he came back, uh, I would had the opportunity to go to Hong Kong and Harry. Didn't want to leave the horse with Graham, so he gave him to Jack Denham and the events fee, he, he also won a rider.
0: He did, he won a group one with Ken Russell on board.
1: He <laughs> was a very, very good racehorse, so that's another one we lost, you know. Mm. So, well, yeah, have you- but, I'm sorry, John, but there's another one that I could tell you about. I trained for Mr, Mr. Moses, mm. um, who was also a part of owner of Star Kingdom, and they had, he, he sent me two fillies, and... Um, did a bit of work with them, turned them out and went back to his farm. When they come back to the stables, he, he said one day, he said, uh, Neville, I, I, want, I, want you, uh, I want to give one of these fillies to Tommy Smith, but you have your pick. But uh. me being as smart as I thought I was, I picked the Star Kingdom filly mm. uh, who eventually won a maiden on a Wednesday somewhere, yes. and it can't be probably, and the other one was a gold slipper winner.
0: Fairy Walk. Fairy walk. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a golden slipper winner. I gave it to Tommy Smith. <laughs> yeah. So you lost bureaucracy. You lost Veloso. <laughs> you lost Bess Western, and you missed out on a golden slipper winner. Fairy walk. Still, there, there were plenty of good times too.
1: John, there's,
0: that's the ups and downs of racing. here mm. Well, you and your wife Yvonne have contributed largely to the population of the Commonwealth by producing six kids. Three of each. One of the boys, of course, Graham has gone on to a very distinguished career as a trainer, with fourteen Group One winners uh, to his credit. He's currently training from the Mornington Peninsula, and he seems to be enjoying it.
1: Yeah, Graham's done very well. Uh, my eldest son Neil, he, he's a master saddler. He works up, from Rambick Racecourse. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, second son Martin, Martin is a uh, a barrier attendant for the ATC, he works at all the tracks and barrier trials. Mm. Uh, he's married to a beautiful wife, Leanne Begg, who's the, one of the major vets in Sydney. Mm. Um, um, my daughter, Linda, was married to Wayne Harris, who uh, they're now divorced, but uh, she's took a very big part in my racing. she owned my offices and... and uh, it took me to races. As, as I've n- never driven a car, mm. the girls used to drive me about. And my daughters, other uh, two daughters, Carmel Sires. Well, she married John Sires in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, they were now part of it again. And then my other daughter, Carolyn. Carolyn's um, a social worker at one of our major hospitals, but she's also a punter. So they're all all involved, some way or other.
0: Yeah. Now, where does she get this penchant for the punt?
1: I think she gets it from her her mother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she does. Yvonne has always loved the little dabble and nothing's changed.
1: I I can tell you a little story. I won the Dumbin 10,000 and uh, I was very happy with myself. I caught the plane home at night and uh, my wife and the two girls met me at the airport and they're really happy and that myself. I thought they were happy because I won the Dumbin 10,000, but it turned out... uh, Yvonne, I also had a couple of runners at Rose Hill and one of them had won the other run, run third. And the one that won was 101. So anyway, Yvonne mm-hmm. had the only tote ticket for to the trifecta on yes. that face and so she scooped the pool. That's in the early days of the trifecta.
0: So it wasn't <laughs> those, are, are it, happy. those smiles weren't <laughs> uh, weren't to welcome you home from Brisbane. <laughs> That's
1: right. So <laughs> she's she got the chair. she had the only winning ticket on the trifecta to, yeah. to sell, so she was pretty
0: happy. <laughs> I think many people were surprised when in nineteen ninety you suddenly relocated to Hong Kong as a jockey club trainer. A new life, a new culture. What prompted that decision?
2: Well, John
1: things fell down a lot. I hadn't been offered any young horses. Um, a lot of my owners had retired or passed away and that. And, uh, mm. and things were quite, down, quite remarkably in the stable and we didn't have very, very few new horses coming in. So Kieran Moore, who was uh, working with Dr. Bill Burns at the time, they were doing the uh, selecting of the horses for Hong Kong and uh Kieran rang me up and said, look, there's a position coming up in Hong Kong. Would you be interested? I said, well, I'd be interested, but I'd never ever thought about doing it. Mm. And so he said, I'll ring this fellow in Hong Kong and have to talk to him. So I rang I rang Hong Kong and they said, oh, are you really interested? Well, I said, yes, I am. You know, so they said, well... We'll fly, we'll fly you up, and you can have a look and see what you're thinking. Anyway, I oh, said so we we'll would not go without my wife, so we both flew up, and they showed us round, and um, we said, "Oh, let's let's have a go," you know. So we went into a sort of vacant flat, we had to furnish it ourselves and that, and anyway, we 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 liked the outlook of it, and the stables were close handy, and so we we decided to make the move, you know. And then I went to the AJC committee and told them and I asked for, could Graham take over my stables, and they they allowed him to take over half of my stable, mm. and Bill Mitchell took over the other half, you know. So oh, uh, yeah. So it gave Graham a start, and it gave me a new start. So it all worked out very well in the, in the end, you know.
0: And you never trained again in Australia?
1: Oh, no, no, I didn't, no. I was lucky enough to win one of the international races, John. I won the International Bowl with a horse called Winning Partners. Mm. Uh, and then I bought horse out of a mare that I'd trained uh, in Sydney at the yearling sales, and the gentleman that owned Winning Partners decided to come in half with me. So we decided to race the horse, and that horse showed a lot of promise. So he done very, very well, and nominating nominated him for the, for the bowl, mm. the International Bowl. So he, he was on the emergency in... Um, Horse of Lee Friedman's was going to be in it, and he went to the beach and cut his foot on the pe- on the bottle, mm. and monopoly got the run, and subsequently went up and Wayne Harris had him, and he won,
0: mm. and came from well back as he often did.
1: Yes, he did, he did, and then uh, the same thing happened. Even though he hadn't won in the previous years, he was on the reserve for the second year, and fortunately got a, got a run, and in the meantime, Wayne had taken ill. And Darren Biedman rode him, and he won again. So yeah. we won the we won the international bowl three years in a row. Mm. So it was great, great time, you know. So, uh, and they had a retiring age, John, of sixty five. Yep. And then I'd, I'd reached that by nineteen ninety six, just before the, the handover, mm. and uh, never never won a premiership or anything like that. But did, did reasonably well up there. You know?
0: And enjoyed it.
1: Oh look, John, it was a great lifestyle. Like, as I said, up in Hong Kong, every day was like New Year's Eve. Um, Subsequent events, it might never be the same, I don't know. But uh, Mm. um, we were were very, very happy. Mm.
0: It must be a a sobering thought when you reflect on the fact that it is 74 years since you walked into Morris McCartan's stables.
1: John, it's... It's more than a lifetime, isn't it? Really, you know. Um, I, I've been very, very fortunate. I, I've um, had fairly good health right through. I've never had any really serious problems, you know. Uh, uh, but I've um, I've managed to keep going. As I said, I've slowed down. I've got a I've got a walker to help me now, so I can I'm, I can get around pretty good. And I've got the interest of the. Uh, the the colt at stud now it was, it was written by a stud. I've got a couple of mares in foal to him, mm. and uh, and a couple of horses in work with Graham. So you know we we keep an interest, you know.
0: Yeah, and there's always a fleeting possibility that Yvonne is going to strike another whopping big trifecta.
1: Well, look, she she's become a non non punter lately. She? <laughs> she she likes watching, but she doesn't. Uh, she's not betting. You know, she does. She she's past that stage. of at punting now, you know, she used to, but uh, you know, five dollars dabble on that. But she's just
0: happy to watch them now. Neville Begg, I am deeply honoured that you have given me so much of your time today for the podcast, and I've enjoyed every minute of our chat. Thank you so much,
1: John. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Thank you,
0: Neville Begg, And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. Podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing, and Inglis.